is Mind Magic, the podcast all about mood, mindset, and magnetizing the life you want. I'm your host, Hannah Kokovai. With nearly 10 years as a transformational coach under my belt and hundreds of women's lives changed, I've got you covered with science-based spells to help you create more abundance, love, confidence, healing, and more. And yes, I'm going to drop some F-bombs and call them incantations. Fucking get ready to make anxiety, insecurity, and overwhelm go poof. I'm here to show you how to do magic with your mind. Hey, hey, my friends, welcome in. All right, this might be a short episode because I'm still kind of grappling with why I'm even bringing this up aside from to state the obvious, which is that depression happens, okay, <laughs> to the best of us. It's not light or fluffy or cuddly or warm or desirable at all. It's not on brand or aesthetically pleasing. There isn't really ever a good time for it. And it's one of the hardest things for me to like look at through a helpful lens. So like maybe the only takeaway from this episode is going to be to warm yourself by the smoldering ashes of my latest real life brush with depression as you watch me dance off into the sunset of the next season, which I am totally doing by the way, spoiler, there is a happy ending here. So don't worry. But what happened? Um, what happened? The last um, few months or so, I guess, the fall season, shit kind of hit the fan. And as I say that, I'm also very aware that my shit and your shit and, you know, the lady living down by the river under a tarp's shit all smell incredibly different. So like, We got to just go into this episode agreeing that tragic circumstances are relative and, you know, one person's stubbed toe is another person's bankruptcy and gosh darn it, if the blues can't hit just as hard either way, right? So, um, yeah, we, we had some issues with our house to say the least storm damage from the previous winter that had taken nearly a year to get fixed. And then when they finally were able to start the work, you know, the proverbial can of worms opened big time. And what was originally meant to take like three or five days took nearly three months. And we were out of our home for that entire time. And it started going downhill fast. We were um, like bouncing around and just hemorrhaging money and work stuff really stalled due to the disruption and part of it was me fighting against um, the need to slow down with work. I was like, oh, I can work from anywhere. I can work from my phone. But it was so hard and disruptive um, that that was just really hard. And the dog, our dog, our poor dog, he was such a trooper, but like his anxiety was really coming back. Um, after working so hard with him to help him overcome, you know, a lot of his fear and anxiousness through having a routine and safe zones in the house that, you know, he would now didn't have access to. It's like all of that stuff was really hard. And then 
We had car issues. We ended up literally having to get rid of the of a brand new car and get a new new car, which was crazy and just being cut off from like our social life, a lot of sleepless nights and worry about whether we'd even ever be able to move home again at all. And just that daily, like, I don't know, wake up calls from, you know, the construction team saying like, we found another problem and it's going to be another couple of weeks and we don't, you know, whatever. It was just extremely disruptive. And for me, it went from stress to depression pretty quick. And I was planted firmly there for about two months during Q4 of 2023. So basically not living in our house was majorly affecting me because we hadn't had any time to prepare for being gone that long. And if you know me, I love home. I love how it feels. It's my safe place. It's where I can let myself be. I get energy from alone time and having that space. And I also, you know, use having a home to generate a lot of creative energy where some people derive creative energy from going out and interacting. I totally do that as well. However, when I don't have like a quiet, um, comfortable place to come home to and like be that my like creative juices start to dry up. And, you know, even in the routine of like going running on the same path or taking the dog, you know, on the trail behind our house to the river or whatever, like that really fuels me as well. Um, so not being able to do the day-to-day stuff and constantly being like, okay, wait, like, where's my toothbrush? where's my shoes? (laughs) Like it just, um, felt really overwhelming. And then I got to the point where I was just like feeling sick every day. I was so lethargic. All I wanted to do was watch TV. And for the first time coaching, like for the first time ever, my coaching practice felt like a little bit of a burden. Like I just couldn't get in the groove or in the mood. And I had never even considered that I needed to be in a mood to show up as a good coach. And this was the first time that I experienced that. Like, I'm just like not in the mood for this, which was weird. Um, And I felt like there was no end in sight. So again, it's all relative. I know that so many people are displaced for much longer and are in more dire circumstances than we were. But I guess maybe this is like, a permission to feel bad and not feel bad about feeling bad, even when your, you know, guilt-ridden conscience is rolling its eyes at how this isn't even that big of a deal. Like I did that to myself a lot. Like this isn't really that big of a deal, but look, you have a right to feel like shit. Okay. <laughs> You're allowed. Um, all right. I said this was going to be short and now I'm rambling. Um, Let me get to some things that I want to share about getting through it. Because like I said, I didn't feel like there was an end to the mayhem. Um, But sometimes though, in the past, when I felt depressed, I could see like, okay, this is going to be hard for one more day or three more days or three more months. And then the circumstances will change and it'll get easier. So all I have to do is, you know, get to then. But this time, I couldn't really see a natural end to the circumstances. Um, 
So if you're in one of those positions where like you don't see a natural end to the circumstance that's really influencing this feeling of depression or stress or overwhelm, I want you to know that you still have options within that because these are the options that I found, some of the things that I tapped into that helped me remember that how I feel is actually temporary. So I'm going to just go through them. I wrote, jotted them down in my journal um, as a little list. So I'm just going to run through the list. So number one, change how you're thinking about what you're thinking. Meta as fuck, I know. <laughs> but every day waking up like this totally sucks and then looking at Michael and saying like, oh my God, I shouldn't be saying that. I shouldn't be, you know, saying that this sucks because I should be more grateful and positive. And like, we have friends that are helping us and loving us and we have each other and we're not like destitute. What is wrong with me? Why do I keep thinking this sucks? Um, and sure, maybe that would be helpful to be more grateful and positive or whatever, but you know, it wasn't helping shaming myself for thinking that it sucked. It did suck bad. And making myself feel like I was wrong about that was making it worse. So I started waking up and saying, it's okay that I think this sucks. And I got a little bit of relief there. Okay. Number two, if you have time anyways, shift the circumstances just a little bit. So what I mean by that is like, I felt like I all I had was time. All I was doing was waiting for things to get better. In my case, it was when we could move home again, right? Maybe for you, it's like waiting to feel like you're ready for love again after a breakup, or maybe you're waiting for a new job, you know, after getting laid off or something like that. So like, Technically, I knew I had some time to just play this waiting game. And what I used to do was just wait. And that's okay. I think a lot of us do that where we just wait for things to naturally get get better. Like um, sometimes I'll ask my clients, like, when do you want to feel better? And their response is like, oh, well, well, I can feel better when it's summer. Or, or after I get through this, you know, crazy family reunion, then I'll feel better or whatever. But there's also options within the waiting time to shift some circumstances if you want to, to prepare to feel better. So I started to look for ways that I could shift the circumstances that were painful just a teensy, teensy bit. Okay. Like not, you can't change everything but you can shift something just a teensy, teensy bit. Um, So like I went back to the house that was under construction and I grabbed all of my bedding and I brought it to the place that we were staying. So it like smelled and felt like our own bed. I brought my desktop computer, even though at first I was like, this is so fucking ridiculous. Why would I bring my desktop? But it helped me to do work in a way that didn't feel like so hard because I had been working from my phone for like three weeks and I would literally cry about it to Michael. And finally he was like, let's go get your computer and set it up in a corner. And that way you can type on an actual keyboard and look at an actual screen that's bigger than your hand. Right. So like 
When you're depressed, your brain's resisting positive thought. But sometimes it will let you do something with the circumstances, with the situation itself that makes things a little bit easier to deal with. Even the silliest little situational shift can be helpful. So yeah, like buying bananas was was what I actually wrote down here because that was another one for me. Like when I'm home at our house during the day, um, I'll snack on a banana at least once. But when we were moving around, we were basically just eating whatever, whenever. And so I literally was like, okay, I can still have bananas just wherever we go. And I literally carried around a bunch of bananas for like two months. I mean, not the same ones, but I would like buy bunches of bananas and just have them with us. So I could grab one, even if we were in the car or staying at somebody's house or at a hotel or whatever, I had my bananas and that created some like circumstantial normalization for me. All right, moving on to number three. This one actually is a thought shift. So it's really simple. Instead of saying, I am depressed, try saying, I feel depressed right now. It's really subtle, but I started doing that every time I really felt it, you know, in those moments when I was like, oh my God, I'm crawling out of my skin. I'm like panicking a little bit. This feels like it's never going to be over because I just like have no energy. I'm just a blob on the couch. I would say in my mind, I would be like, I feel depressed right now. Or I would say it out loud sometimes. But like in the end, I know it helped me to detach depression from who I was, who I am. And I kept it from like penetrating my identity, you know, like you are not depressed. You are a person who feels depression sometimes. And that can bring a little bit of relief and like, I don't know, lift a little bit of the weight of it all. Number four, remind yourself that some of the facts that are against you now won't be or don't have to be facts forever. So the facts that fuel the depression won't always be so potent. And this is true all the time. It's hard to see it when you're inside the situation, but like even just noticing like the facts that are fueling my depression won't always be so potent. Like even that can be helpful. But like an example is like it during... um like the deepest part of that like depressive episode, it was actually the darkest time of the year. So like the days were really short. And for a lot of people that was so draining for a lot of people. And for me, it's so draining to like wake up in the dark and then like have dinner in the dark basically. And just be like, Oh my God, I need more light in, (laughs) in my days. And there's just like not because the days are really short. But to like see that those facts would change like as the season changed and we got into spring and the days wouldn't be so short anymore, like that was helpful. Like there won't always be this much fuel for my depression. All right, number five. This is the last one I have. Um, It's okay to batten down the hatches and cling to whatever's the sturdiest until it blows over. When I was in my worst moments over the holidays, the best I could do was 
put on some clean panties underneath the same sweats that I'd been in for a month and look my ego in the eye and say, there are a lot of things that are more stable than you right now, girl. So you need to grab on, right? Like I needed to stop trying to be the hero. Like I could grab on to something else. I didn't do anything new or creative or out of my comfort zone. Like, fuck, I was hardly doing things in my comfort zone. So I held on to my pillow for dear life. I told some folks that I love that I was going to be worthless for a little bit. I said, thank you. And I'm sorry a lot more than my, you know, feminist parts would like me to admit. And basically turned the reins over. I wasn't clamoring for my feel better now tools. I was holding on tight to the promise that dawn would eventually have to break. This was definitely a time when I was really grateful to have put shit in place up front. Like I had things that were sturdy that could hold me that I had already put in place. Therapy, a conscious loving relationship, right? My tool, my tools in my tool belt that I could tap into and use, right? Even just like breath work, something that is seems so simple because I've been practicing it for so long or like tapping, you know, like somatic practices that I've been practicing for so long that I don't have to think about them or be like, oh my God, wait, how do I do that again? I need to read read up on that or watch a video about like what to do. I already had these tools that I was do- like, I feel like I talk about, you know, putting my anxiety into remission a lot, but to keep it there, like to actually keep it in remission. So it's not, you know, like, where it isn't taking over my life and I can feel safe to feel a little bit of it here and there, it's because I don't wait until I'm drowning to throw myself a life raft, right? Like I already have a coach, a therapist, support, tools. I don't wait to try and do the work when I'm feeling like death warmed up. I do it when I'm feeling awesome, right? I've been doing it when I've been feeling awesome. So so I think that even though this isn't on the list, um, the last thing I want to mention is that if you struggle with your mental health, ask someone that you trust to help you find a therapist, a coach, or another professional to support you. Your partner, your friend, your mom, your sister, they can all help you find the help, but they are not trained or responsible for helping beyond that, okay? If you struggle with depression, I'll put some links in the notes for you. Like this wasn't on my list because I already have a therapist, but I think this is really important to remember that like the people in your life, you can lean on them to a certain extent and lean on them to help you find more help or ongoing help or more like specific help. All right. I think that's all I have. I don't know. You know, I'm a coach, so I'm I'm trained to do this thing where when I go through a rough patch in life, I learn what I learn, I recover the curiosity to kind of swish it around for a bit, see what it tastes like, spit it into a petri dish, examine it for a while, and then I report back. So, I've done that. Happy ending, I promised, is here. <laughs> if you can hear um 
the background noise happening right now. I don't know if my, I have like a program that cleans up my audio. So you may not be able to hear it, but I'm actually recording this on my phone in a safari tent in Kenya, surrounded by jungle and birds. So you may have been hearing little noises um, throughout this recording, but this nature is giving me life. And like I said, there's a happy ending. We moved back into our place on Christmas Eve. We went back to work with joy. And now I'm on the trip of a lifetime in East Africa, hanging in the mountains with the gorillas. I'm feeling really good, really refreshed, really happy. Um, so, you know, being on the quote other side of a depressive episode though, it's not the point. At least it's not the point that I want you to take away. Like, yes, it gets better. Yes, there's a light on the other side of your tunnel. So if you need the whole don't stop believing song and dance, take it. It's true, right? And fuck, I am unhealed and I am okay. That is my most potent truth right now. Just because I know how to avoid depression doesn't mean I always do. And I think that that makes me more valuable to the real women of the world anyways, right? To be in the trenches with you is sometimes a fucking treat for the ego, isn't it? (laughs) I don't know. I'm still working out the intricacies of like sharing my pain as an empathetic and helpful anecdote for you and like where that line is between being a good coach and just using this platform to like work through my own junk. Cause you know, it's kind of frowned upon to share about stuff that you're not fully healed about yet. I'm sure there's some big wig in the coaching industry having a cringe fest over episodes like this or posts like this one and using it for fuel for her next lecture to future coaches of America. Like, you know, going through something doesn't make you an expert on the topic. So that's in the back of my mind. But, you know, I I hesitated to share this episode because it's like admitting that your coach also struggles sometimes, even though, duh, I'm also a fucking innocent bystander here getting walloped by life from time to time, (laughs) too. (laughs) So maybe I have to put a little disclaimer. Like, I am a certified life coach, a pretty darn good one with a track record of transformations, half a degree to a therapist, and a survivor and lover of the human condition. I've put my own anxiety into remission, helped hundreds of women change change habits of the mind and the heart, and can literally make magic out of mud puddles when it comes to thought work. But an expert? Mm, You decide. I mean... Is anyone really an expert anyway? Because that's the nature of life, right? Just when we are sure that we figured it out, the universe calls your bluff. Thanks for making some magic with me today. Don't forget to subscribe. If you enjoyed this episode, take a screenshot, share it to your Instagram stories, and tag me at Hannah Kokovai so more women can begin conjuring the magic they want to. If you want to dive deeper into this work and collab with a certified mind magician, I work with women privately in my one-to-one coaching program that you can apply for right now 
at my website, hannahkokovai.com. I'm so honored to have been part of your day today, and I'll see you next time.